Jay, what it is? Oh, yes, sir. I'm on this line. Man, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of The Black Man's Heart. This is your host, Barry Graves. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Love y'all. Today, we have a special guest, a real special guest. This man is my little brother, man. And uh, when I say little brother, I don't mean to, you know, he, uh, let's hey, he's a grown man. But little brother, I met this dude when I was in like the ninth grade. <laughs> and he was in middle school and we stayed cattle corner to each other. Right. It was like uh, it was like two different blocks and we stay to each other like diagonal from each other. And uh, I'll let him get into the story. But we ended up finding out that our family knew each other. Like before we even met our grandmother, great grandmothers had met each other, his grandmother and my great grandmother. So without further ado, y'all, I want to the black man's heart of San Francisco legend. Bay Area legend. This brother has come up through the streets. This brother has come up through times where you wouldn't believe young people had to make it through on their own. Not only bringing himself up, but he also brought his two younger sisters up with him. He left nobody behind. This brother right here that I'm talking about has seen a lot of things that others would crumble at the sight of, at the thought of. But this brother has triumphed triumphed through those times triumphed through all of those obstacles and overcame them to be a creator to be uh, a, a business owner to be a father uh, I'm, I'm i'm proud of this right here so without further ado y'all allow me to bring to the black man's heart my brother jay bezel who we lovingly call jay bezel jeremiah jordan what's going on jay What's going on, big bro? You know me, man. Chilling, man. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. You know, thank you for having me again. You know, I appreciate, you know, the invite and I'm ready to get it in with you. Man, we got, man, we about to, we about to go in. <laughs> yeah, it's serious. It's serious, man. They, they only, they only know half the history. They ain't even heard half of anything yet. You know, I haven't even begun to speak. You feel me? It's a lot. It's a lot to the story. It's a lot to the story, fam. AJ, so for everybody that's just now meeting, you know, I've known since forever, man. It's like, what, 1993, 94, 93 or something like that. Before we knew we knew each other, you knew me longer than that, for real. You know, the family, our history go back to, you know, Jones Methodist and Samo. Like, we got real history. It's like our grandparents started started this they was our foundation they was our everything they put everything in front of us you know for us to be where we at today for real for us to even do what we doing right now for us to even be able to speak in this light right now for you to have this podcast and you know they like set the tone for us for real facts and fam because when did when did y'all when did your family come to the city or when did your family come to frisco san francisco no, originally, <clears throat> my grandparents, you know, they from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it all started back there in Louisiana. So um, it started with my grandfather and uh, his brothers. They mm. actually came to San Francisco first. Like, um, they left their wives behind. And 
they moved to San Francisco and they got jobs and they bought homes and they sent for their wives and the family and they came out here. So that's where it all started. But, you know, as my childhood, I can begin where, you know, it started. It started on New Hall Street. It started in Bayview Hunters Point. That's where it all began. And uh, <clears throat> I can say I learned a lot from the neighborhood, like the people around me. Like I had a lot of people watching over me. I had a lot of people there in my my younger life, you know, like it was different. It was good. It was a lot of different experiences. It was wild at times. And, you know, it was happy at times, you know, it was sad at times, you know, it was a little bit of everything, right. you know, it was multiple experiences. So I can say but without, you know what I'm saying, taking jabs at anything or anybody, I can say, you know, I had it good, I had it bad, and I had it ugly. You touched on on something, man. You said that um, your grandfather came from Louisiana, Shreveport, deep yes, south, sir. deep yes, south. Sir. You know what I'm saying? Like like most people, most uh, blacks um, in California coming from coming from the south, um, looking for a better way of life or a better way to support their family and everything. You know, and it's I man, you said something so key that I want to just touch on for a second, bro. That they let you said they left their wives, came out, uh, started working, bought homes, and sent for their family. Pretty you know much. what I'm saying? Like in a time where we all we hear is that black men drop the ball, black men have never been good fathers, never been good providers, never been this, don't don't do that. You just spoke on something, bro. Like the migration from of blacks from the south to the west coast back in those times where there was opportunity or there was jobs or or whatever. Um, it was the men that came out this way. Yeah, that was the starting point. That was definitely the starting point. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like they had to make their moves in order to even get to get to this point to get to where they got to in life they had to make sacrifices and nowadays you know a lot of us like we kind of stagnant nowadays we don't have the same drive and the same motivation that they had we don't have the same push we don't have the same care we don't put the same time and effort in the shit that they did for real like this generation is different it's, it's, it's almost like uh it, it there has to be instant gratification where it's not worth doing it. Nah, like when you're looking for validation from other people, you're gonna be lost and shit for real. You're not gonna ever be satisfied or happy because you're waiting on somebody else's opinion. I can't do that. Facts. And Jay, so were you born in in the point in in, in that section? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tell you like this. It started at a. Uh, Let's say Kaiser, Filmo. You feel me? That's where I was born at, San Francisco, California. Gary Street. Gary Street. That's where it all started. I was a, you know, Kaiser baby. So, you know, my first home, my first actual home that I lived in, like, for the first 21 years of my life was you know, on Topeka and Newhall in the Bayview District. And uh, I can honestly say that was, like, my heart. That was my joy. That was my peace. Mm. in that neighborhood in that section that I grew up with that you know helped mold me and helped you know with raising me you feel me yeah. 
they did a lot for me for real. I'll never forget anybody that you feel me was around. Like I lost a lot of friends, I lost a lot of family, you know, my neighbors. It was a lot, you know, like a lot of stuff happened. Bro, so around the time that you and I met, um, I I know it was around 1993. Uh, I had just started going to school at Burton. Those of you that know Philip that don't know Philip Burton, um, isn't in the place wasn't in the place that it is now. Right now it's on Manziel, but Philip Burton used to be on uh, Silver, and. Topeka ran right in the silver, like smack into Burton. So I began going to Burton. Let me just, I'll, I'm going to take a minute, Jay. Let me bring everybody up real quick on how you and I uh, met. Um, when I was going to Aptis, when I started going to Aptis in the seventh grade, uh, I met my boy Herbert. And Herb was, when I moved, when we moved from Fillmore to Topeka, we lived cat corner from where her lived with his grandmother and his auntie, who happen is, happens to happen to be or happens to be Jay's mom. Now, at this point, this is where me and Jay meet each other, right, Jay? Yes, sir. But I want to take a second, fam, just to, just for a second, just to touch on what was your life like right before me and you met you know what I'm saying because you lived in a house with some people with some factors you grew up around some factors so what was your life like leading up to that point bro I can honestly say life was cool you know <clears throat> it's like uh, any typical black family you know we come from you know a good family but it's always times where there are struggles, there's issues, you know, everyone goes through them, you know. Um, for me, personally, I would say, you know, I was raised pretty good. And my grandmother and my mother, they did a good job with me. They, they raised me right. I had my cousins there, I had my uncle there, you know, aunties and so forth, you feel me? Friends, of course. I went to school um, in the neighborhood. I went to Burbank. I went to King. I went to Charles Drew. Uh, very big neighborhood of people. Like at the time I was growing up and me and Barry met, it was a lot of people around. And we actually like got a chance to meet and hang out with Herbert and Alvin as well. And we all clicked, we all linked, and it was like super close, like it was a brotherhood beginning, like all the way up until now, like nothing ever changed, nothing changed our relationship ever. Like we all stayed close, we all stayed tight, and I really appreciate these dudes for real. I'm happy I got a chance to be around them. I'm happy I got a chance to meet them for real, because we got a hell of a story to tell. Like we haven't even began telling it, but the fact that I got a chance to meet y'all and be around y'all made a big ass difference in my life for real. Like literally like it, it helped me in so many different ways. I learned a lot from y'all. Like literally like I did for real. I can't even sit here and act like I didn't like you learn from the people around you. You feel me? And y'all was a few years older than me. So it was always like 
I had big brothers around me. I didn't have shit to worry about. Like, I was always protected. I was always taken care of. So, like, even when I went to the Giants game one day, and you was the ball boy for the Giants. Quit playing. I never forget. I came down <clears throat> to the lower deck where you was at, right over the dugout. You was at one of the I remember you gave me a baseball, bro. Like after the game, you was on your way in the dugout. And I said, B, and you looked up and you threw a baseball to me. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I said the Giants game was after the game for real. They don't, they don't know nothing about that. We was living different for real. We was privileged. We had fun. It was it was turned. We had a good life for real. Like, and that was just the young stuff, though. That was just being in the neighborhood and going to the game. We ain't going to talk about the times we had fun hanging out in the house and catting out, chopping. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, not only is this the podcast, this is the History Channel. Yes, sir. <laughs> you going to learn something today. 13, 14, and you 10, 11, 12. Yeah, like, all right, so I was a little year. baby, bro. I was Let's a baby still, bro. I'm born in 79. We. I'm 81, man. So, yeah, I was 11 years old when you was a bad boy, bro. Okay. We're three years apart, or is that two? Two, two years. years. We got two, two years. years yep, 81. I'm, 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 you're 12. Pretty um, much. Y'all, let me put this into perspective for you. <laughs> <laughs> E40 had dropped federal. Uh, with Carlo Rossi on it, with uh, Outsmart the Popos. Um, Tupac had just dropped Strictly for My Niggas with I Get Around on it. Uh, Dre had just dropped The Chronic like a year before, like like that summer or some shit, right? Or or the year before, the year before in 92, I think, right? <clears throat> so this is Cali at the time. Uh, RBL had just dropped. I think at the time that me and Jay met, RBL had just dropped. Um, a lesson and- to be learned. What? No, Ruthless by Law, 94. What? Ruthless by Law. My bad. Ruthless by Law. The one with um, <clears throat> Bounce to this song, yeah. right? Yeah, that's Ruthless by Law. That's that yeah, album. That one. They had just dropped. This is a golden age of not only hip hop, not only uh, rap, but Bay Area rap is going. We're young people coming up in it, like we're youngsters coming up in it, and like I, like we were just saying, um, Jay has his grandmother, his cousin, and he has two sisters, and your your uncle also, rest in peace. Yeah, it was was a couple cousins. Don't forget, we had Tita, we had Dame, and Anthony. Rest in peace, Uncle Junior. Rest in peace, Dame. Definitely. And so um, now, now we could really kick this off, y'all, because y'all got a backstory now. Uh, wow! Do you, do you know what that was, Jay? Uh man, that history started, I think, at Jones Methodist. Like honestly, their relationship started at the church for real. And whew, that was a very long time ago. Like with each other in probably like the 60s bro like to be honest with you bro like yes. they was they was together a long time so rest in peace I, I, Bell Markham. Uh, yeah rest in peace man 
to Willie B. Rest Kennedy. Rest in peace to Miss um, Willie B. Kennedy also, you know. And so I come into Jay. So Jay, me, you, Herb, Al, Delvon, T. Delvon, T. Delvon stayed, what, five, six houses down the street. Delvon stayed two doors away from me. Deshaun's the street from me. Jim, he stayed across the street from both of us, bro. Jim. Bro, he was on all four corners, for all real. All four corners. Y'all, listen, and, and let's not, this is very important right here. 54 was right there. The 54 stop was on my, right in front of my house and right in front of your house, going both ways. And guess what? That was the bus and the lifeline for our life. That, that bus was took the us everywhere. Between three, four different turfs, y'all. And that you... bus would take us to anywhere we needed to go to. If we needed to get here or there or across the city, this one bus could transport us to another bus to get across the city. Yes. And not, and not just us. Let me tell y'all how many turfs this bus went through. It started off in Daly City. Daly City right on the border of San Francisco and Daly City at the bar station. Then it went to Lakeview, right? That's that's a turf. From it goes to it goes through uh it goes down Geneva uh, or crosses mid uh Persia. I think definitely Mission in Persia right there by the post office. Um and then it goes through through the hill uh which is like Bayshore area, right? Bayshore or whatever. Silver, it goes down Silver, San Bruno area, San Bruno area, and then right where Burton is, San Bruno area, Silver is right before you get right in between a lot of areas in Hunter's Point. Uh, so it goes through that area right when it gets to where Burton is, my high school, it busts a, a right turn and goes down Topeka. Now, this is the street that me, Jay, Jim, and all of us lived on on one intersection. You had all of us and, and Delvon right there. You had all of us right there in this big intersection. And now when I say intersection, this is like a residential area, y'all, but it's a wide four-way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you wanted to swing it. This would be the perfect area to swing something. And this not was the nothing. one place they would come and do donuts in 50s. Because you could go downhill. I'm getting too excited, man. Let me tell you, we're not even done yet. Then it crosses third point. It crosses third. The 54 touches West Point, Harbor Road, uh, Kiska, all of this shit. It touches all of this shit. Before making its way back, this is where it turns around at. It turns around on Harbor Road and Kiska. Then it makes its way back through all of those turfs to the Daly City Bar Station. You understand? So the 54 is right, the legendary. To be honest, like a lot of stuff used to happen on the 54. You had to like have some thick skin and been, you know, tough outside. Other than that, you would become a victim and you would get picked on. Jay, can we can we take a minute, fam, and just talk about the legendary bus lines of San Francisco? 
the bus noise in San Francisco was different, different. Like, I ain't gonna sit here and act like we was just all nice like that. Like, <laughs> shit, what happened to you getting on them buses for real? You wrong, you get on the bus with the wrong person, the wrong people at the wrong time. You had and you a square, you a nerd. Oh, you finna get ran through. They gonna stamp your ass. <laughs> Listen. Somebody's finna stamp you. Somebody finna run through your pockets. Yes, you getting your jeans ripped. You getting your shoes took. You probably getting punched or slapped, kicked or something. Hey, like, and don't and don't get it. Don't let's not make it seem like it, it because a lot of people are gonna listen to this, Jay, and they're gonna think, oh, it was just black people doing, just Latinos, blacks and Latinos, because that's what's in, nah. Y'all got if, like fucked you, up because in if San you Francisco, you didn't know where your bus was going. You could be on the bus with a bunch of Russians. Or a bunch they'll of kick your ass. Or but you know what I'm saying? If they will kick know, your ass. Talk, bro, please, please. It was race wars in San Francisco. We was dealing with that shit in high school. I had to pick a high school all the way across town just to avoid the politics. When I was young, I was thinking different. I wasn't the same kid as everybody else. I was in the middle area. I knew too many people. Like. I had a lot of relationships with people from this side and people from that side and people from my hood, but I was smarter than everybody. I didn't want to be in the middle of all that shit. So I went to school all the way across town and I would have to leave the house at 545 in the morning to go to high school, right, to be at class at seven in the morning. We're going to play a game. Um, so you were staying on Topeka, right? I was staying on Topeka. What high school Hall. was it? I'm gonna try to guess what high school. No, 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 no. Let me guess what high school it was. Um, what buses did you have to take to get there? Oh, oh, you can go different routes. Okay, I'm gonna start this way. You can take the 54 and the 28 to get there. So the 54 would take you to Daly City Port, and from Daly City Port, you would Lincoln. transport and you would Lincoln. exactly, exactly. Gotta be Lincoln. So yeah, Lincoln, our old alma mater. We both went there. Yeah, now, we now, okay, okay, now <clears throat> everybody's gonna be like, ah, oh, that's bullshit because he knows him. He knows what high school he went to. But I really forgot. <laughs> he ain't caught that bus in almost 30 years. How you expect really, him to remember that shit? I really forgot what high <laughs> until I thought, wait, hold up, what? It's gotta be Lincoln, because I know you're not going to San Ignatius Lola. No, when I say he ain't caught them buses in 30 years, I'm not lying. He haven't caught those buses in 30 years. Seriously. Man. In real life. The 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 15. The 15 used to be a bus that would get a lot of people hurt. Um possibly killed. Uh because the 15 went from Lakeview uh down Mission. I mean uh down Geneva to uh and through Sunnydale. Um I think it went didn't it go to the top of third or something like that and down it went to the top of third and it went down all the way down third. <clears throat> yeah. That's, it, went, it, it like your problem started like when you got on the bus on Ocean Street, like going through starting over there by Balboa. You can have problems right there starting going down ocean first. That your problems could begin there. Let me remind you when you first get on the bus type shit. So your problems can start there. Y'all because back in the day the 15 ran all night. 
That was one yeah. of the main things. The 15 ran all night, and it was one of those buses that had like a, a stretch in the middle, like an accordion. Like it, it had like a, an extender in the middle. So the 15 was a problem bus. It wasn't just a regular bus. My bad. Go ahead. This is a bus right here that we're talking about. This particular bus that we're talking about. I'll put it to you like this. Like I said, <laughs> when you get on at the beginning, it was chances you might get your ass kicked right there. Yeah. If you eased on past there and passed on the bar station and got to Geneva, then you gotta get then, to then you the have options. This is where your options open up. Because where you, you can get off the bus, you can get off the bus you and you can transfer yeah, and transfer to another bus. <laughs> you have the option to get off now and transfer to this other bus now. So this is your option. When you get to Geneva and Mission, this is your only option. You Either you're going to stay off. on this bus, you're going to stay on the bus and take too. your chances. Tell them real quick, too, because right there at that stop on Geneva and Mission, you got Bravo Pizza. You had used to have um, uh, you got Popeyes. You got the steak. You got the steakhouse. Used to be Pioneer Chicken right there with the uh, with the little white stagecoach and everything. Um, and, and, and all of the look. Yeah. So but but you got the 14, the 14 that takes you all the way down Mission. And you got the 49 that takes you all the way down Mission. The 40, exactly. And, and then you have the 29 that turns right there in Mission in Geneva. So you got the option of a couple buses that will still take you to the other side. But this 15 bus, once you get to Geneva and Mission, it keeps going. You have, you have <laughs> this one option of to transfer buses or take your chances going oh, through Sunnydale. Because the 15... <laughs> Once it leaves Geneva and Mission, it keeps going now down once, Geneva, and it gets. There's a point on Geneva way back in the day where it it would get dark uh, on on uh, because now you're going through the mountain, which is right there by the park, and it gets dark right around the park between the park and the movie theater, the drive-in movie theater right there. It would get a little dark. That's right before you go into the bus takes a left, <laughs> goes through Sunnydale, which is a highly respected area in San Francisco. Jay, can you speak on Sunnydale? Uh, get, hey, for the, the for the record, for the record, Sunnydale Projects is the biggest project in San Francisco. One of the most notorious and most dangerous projects in San Francisco. Highly respected, well known. I I can't even begin to even speak half of it for real. I don't even want to get into the history because honestly, I'm from Frisco, I'm from Hunters Point, but I'm not from Sunnydale. And I got a story about Sunnydale as well. And we'll have that one later. But when you cross over to Sunnydale after that 15 leaves the Cow Palace from that store, mm -hmm. you're taking a chance now. It's a, it was a risk back in the days of going through Sunnydale on that bus because you never know who was going to hop on that bus A lot of at people, any given time of the day. You, it wasn't even okay for people to go through Sunnydale back in the days. A lot of people would uh, get up and move to the front of the bus where they felt they would be safer. Did you ever feel like the city was too small? Yeah, as I got older, I would say, like... The city felt too small. Everybody know everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like if you don't know this person, somebody you know knows this person or know they people. Like 
is guaranteed. And, and and as far as like opportunities, because like San Francisco is one of the most expensive places um, in California to live. Um, with that said, it's one of the most expensive places in the United States to live. But it's, so you would think that there would be a lot of opportunities for people that grew up there. Do you ever feel like, did you ever feel like um, I have everything I need right here to be successful growing up? I don't feel like it was. I don't think it was. <clears throat> and I'll be honest, um, there was probably too many crabs in the barrel for you to flourish in, in this city, to be honest with you. Like, if they seen you on a come up, they was trying to pull you down. So I noticed a lot of people that got successful, like, didn't really have a long run. They didn't have no longevity. Like, it's like you damn near had to be like an actor or athlete in, in order to survive this city and make it out. Facts. We grew up with a lot of those, too. It's too much of that around me. Did it feel like pressure? You know what I'm saying? Like, kind of pressured to succeed. Is what I want to it was definitely pressured to succeed, but we failed at times. And the reason why we failed was because of our traumas, because of the things we were dealing with. We didn't even know how to deal with them. We didn't even know what we was going through. Mm. We didn't even understand what we was going through. We was just dealing with it. We were still young. You don't necessarily understand life completely. Even when you're in your teens, like your late teens going into your 20s, you don't understand life. You're still growing. You're still learning. You don't know shit. We was kind of blinded by life at that time. We was living life in a blur. To be honest with you, I was living. I think, uh, like, uh, at that age, being able to go outside and stay outside after a certain time with your boys, um, for what we were seeing at that time and experiencing at that time, um, we were influenced a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I didn't know until I got a little bit older, a little bit older, like about 18. And I was experiencing something and you were experiencing something and we were experiencing it together for the first time. But me being a little bit older than you, I was like, man, we got to get dude home. I think it was the first time we went out to try to jack somebody. We didn't end up jacking anybody, but somebody got knocked out. And I had seen people get knocked out, but not like this. You know what I'm saying? Not like this. We were young. So, but I'm not going to mention any names still. <laughs> I'm going to just say. Jeez, I can tell you a lot of stories, but I don't know who did it. Uh, I swear, I tell you, you're going to learn a lot of stuff, but you're going to hear a lot of different other names. It, it won't be the same character. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, so witnessing shit like that, Jay, at a young age like that, does that have an effect on somebody? Did that have an effect on you? I was in shock. I was just like, for real? Mm. What the fuck just happened? Because how old were you at the time? You were what? I was 12? like 12. I was in shock. I was like, this shit is sick. Right. This was going on? Okay. That's crazy, fam. I, Jay, I got to apologize because cause even though I wasn't the motherfucker that, <laughs> oh, that did the knocking that did the knocking out, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think any of us have fathers at that time. 
Nah, we was like, you know what I'm saying? We had each other. <laughs> we had each other. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't we didn't need that for real. At that time, we was all around each other. We didn't need that. We didn't really not, need that, bro. We was we was there for each other. We didn't honestly need that for real at that time. We probably needed some guidance, but we honestly had each other, so it was enough. You know what I'm saying? We wasn't complaining on that. We didn't have daddy issues. We wasn't them tight. I'm not saying that to be an excuse or anything like that. I'm just saying that none of us have fathers at home. Um. And I think uh, not too long after that, uh, my house ended up going up in smoke. What a day. I remember. Wow, that house burning like that. That shit, like, was scary. That was different. But I remember I went to the living room window, and I was like, Barry, house on fire. And I told my mother and my grandmother, I'm like, hey, mom, my grandma is burying them house on fire. I'm like, what's going on? So I go outside, bro. And the fire department being called, people coming outside and so forth. Like, oh, my God, I hope nobody in there. And, bro, the house is in flames, though. And I'm just like, I'm still young. I'm just like in shock. Like, damn, bro. Like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, you got me like traumatized. I'm like, damn, I hope everybody all right. I'm like, what the just like in shock, like didn't even know what to do. Kind of like froze up at a moment. Just like, damn, I hope everything all right. And I don't know. That was like, the main thing though was like that was like the kicking spot. You feel me? Me and you used to kick it over there hard. Like, bro, I can't tell you how many times you just be sitting at my desk going through all my music because I had a little sound. <laughs> Jay, Jay used to sit at that desk, bro, and just go through tape after tape, cassette tape after cassette tape. You know what I'm saying? That like we used to be heavy in the music, heavy in the video games. Like it was just, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the it was that was our community. That was our it was love. You know what I'm saying? And it felt like that what we just got. We had a peace of mind living around the people we lived around. We felt protected and safe. Like, wasn't nobody going to do nothing to us. Like, we had a, it was us, for real. We were straight. Facts. 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 Shout out to Jim. Shout out to Jim Bling. Shout out to Delvine. Um, so, now let's fast forward. So, wait. Let's not fast forward. Let's take this time because this is when me and you lost touch. For a minute. Right, 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 right. So, so what was going on with Jay at this time, fam? Because for, for a minute, me and you was out of touch. Me, you, her, well, we was out of touch. Oh, uh, you know, I'm still, you know, doing me running around. I'm living my life. Uh, you know, I'm at Lincoln still, you know, having drama with different people that we associated with and was friends with, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Like, you feel me? It was just different, you know? And I look back at everything and the people, like, I'm glad I got a chance to meet some of these people. Like, I met, I made some good relationships and so forth. But with that house burning down, it changed a lot. When you moved, like, for real, it was different. You know what I'm saying? The vibes changed. The energy changed. You know what I'm saying? We were still running around doing stupid shit 
still being young, but, you know, for the most part, I was, like, young, still playing basketball. You feel me? Trying to have girlfriends and shit. Like, little <laughs> shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Trying to find me a girlfriend and shit. Little weird shit. You feel me? I was young. You feel me? Still trying to find myself, so. It changed though, a lot though until we all hooked back up though around what ninety eight. No, Jay, listen. So look, we so what happened, y'all, was when I went to Fremont. Um, this was probably around February that I went to Fremont. My house went up in smoke. Maybe not even a month later, uh, like maybe around March. So. At this time, I'm starting my first year, my first season as a full-time bad boy for the Giants, right? So, <clears throat> so um, uh, uh, at the end of that school year, uh, that's my first, the end of ninth grade year. Boom, we done with ninth grade year. I'm going in my 10th grade year, and you're going into your, what, ninth grade year? I think so. I think I'm coming to Lincoln. No, I was at Burbank still on my way to Lincoln. You was at Burbank. So what, what year did you get to Lincoln? Your 10th grade year? No, nah, I got there in ninth grade. I got there in what, what was it, 95? Like like the second part of ninth grade? Uh, I came... Like after Christmas or some shit? No, nah, I came right before October. I came like a little bit before October. I was probably like two weeks out. Okay, so yeah, I got to Lincoln probably two weeks, the first two weeks into the school year. So I come back to Lincoln and I see Jay because uh, now uh, my mother has a spot out Pacifica, um, and I'm uh, staying going between her spot and my great grandmother's spot in Park Merced. So I'm at Lincoln. <laughs> And I'm back with everybody that I was kicking it with at Aptis, right? This is the first time I'm back with all my Lakeview partners. Everybody is at Lincoln, and I'm loving it, right? Your boy, as soon as, first of all, everywhere I went, even shout out to America, everywhere I went, your boy was popular. I was popular everywhere I went. Even when I went to Fremont, uh, uh, our, our partner Landon from Aptis, he was at in Fremont at American and he was popping so he was like B I got you <laughs> as soon as I get there he's like B I got you ooh, ooh. I was like nah bro. just kick it over here you know what I'm saying I ain't trying to be popular or whatever but I get to Lincoln your boy's a superstar anyway I see Jay and the last time I saw Jay he was a short chubby look like a uh uh like jay light is light skin first of all jay is light skin with the with with no eyes you can't see his eyes for nothing jay got he he's he his eyes is more like he, I, I, yeah i got eyes you know you feel me they call them asian eyes you feel me chinky eyes trying to be pc on this podcast you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? They 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 call it whatever they call it. You feel me? Jay I got the like Chinese look. Jay looked like a Buddha the last time I saw him, right? So now I see Jay is skinny as hell and he's tall. Jay like six foot something, right? And I'm like, he's like big B. I'm like, who is this nigga walking up on me? <laughs> like, what is this nigga walking up on me? He's like big B. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
but it was like seeing your family again after a long you know what I'm saying? Jay, I can't even I can't even tell you what that was like, boy, to have you at Lincoln. I'm at Lincoln and and it's like uh you know what I'm saying, you got all the homies and everything. So at this time, you know what I'm saying, uh being youngsters, being reunited at Lincoln, we doing a lot of stuff. Um come 96, 97, like come 98, 97, um, I graduate or I got kicked out of Lincoln, actually. Uh right, uh right around my 18th birthday. I turned 18 in January, my senior year, and they told me I'm 10 credits behind and I'm not gonna be able to graduate on time, but I'm considered an adult, so I had to leave. And uh Sullivan, you remember Sullivan? Man, Mr. Sullivan was like everything for real. He was a G for real. He was actually quietly cheering for us, bro. He wanted he wanted us to get up out of there for real. No Sullivan, lie, for real. Dina Boys, Mr. S- rest in peace to Mr. Sullivan, man. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Sullivan, man. He was a good guy for real, man. I used to always be in his office. You feel me? <laughs> for all reasons, but you feel me? He had my back all the way through. I respected that man. Hey, Sullivan, he, he'll sock up the hardest motherfucker in the school. Sullivan will walk up to a Samoan kid and just sock him up. Like, well, what are you doing out in class? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Sullivan was, he was a short, he was a short dude, short white dude. He had a bald, uh, he was bald, uh, he had hair around the sides, and he had like this gray mustache, and he had these shoulders. <laughs> Little stubby little shoulders he had, <laughs> and he had this like raspy voice. And he, he I, I used to, we, we used to call him Sully Baby. Shout out to my boy Harold, my boy Harold, I, and, and everybody. <laughs> he would get pissed off when we called him Sully Baby. Be like Sully Baby, <laughs> God damn it, stop calling me. <laughs> And he'll flash. And Mr. Sullivan used to say my name like, Barry! (laughs) 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 Bro, he would, I hate it. I hate it. When he would call my name because he would pronounce the A in my name, bro. Barry! And and he would be like, get to class, Barry! So Sullivan, he would just tell you just to go to class, bro. I was in his class. I was in his office for kicking ass, bro. I was in. I was. You feel me? I was getting into the shit at that school for real. Every time <laughs> I went to his office, bro, it was because I got into it with somebody or beat somebody up, bro. And I ain't talking about I was a bully and no weird ass shit like that. People, it will go down at Lincoln. Folks, I'm going to just tell you straight like this. I've always been a quiet young dude. If he, Let him tell it. Let Barry tell it. I was always a quiet, shy dude. Quiet, Whoa. shy person, for real. I didn't become outspoken and, and you feel me, comfortable with my shit till I became an adult. I was always a quiet, shy dude. They was trying that shit at school, and I was giving them what they was looking for. That's it. Jay, I, I, I made a character in one of my films uh, called Cato uh, that was written after you because he's this quiet dude that gets shit, 
get shit done. Um, Jay is one of those dudes, like, you just, you you know. You know without question. You ain't even got to say it. He, he's right there. And all you need is for him to be right there. That's it. <laughs> and we're going to get into that part, too, because after I leave Lincoln, Sullivan, first of all, Sully calls me to, he, he comes to get me out of class. And he never does this. Um, he comes to get me out of class and uh, he brings me to his office. No, he calls me to his office. My bad. He calls me to his office. Somebody comes to get me. Calls me to the office. I go to the office. I'm sitting there. And uh, he opens the door. He's like, Barry, come on in. And I go in and I sit down. He's like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, man? Like, you know, like, what is it? Like, again, bro, he's like, I just went, you know what I'm saying? You know how when somebody doesn't want to give you bad news? You know what I'm saying? I'm reading them. And I'm like, bro, what's, like, what's up? And he's like, he's like, ah, Barry, you got to, you got to leave. You got to, you got to go to city college. And I'm like, the fuck? City college? He's like, basically telling me I'm 18. I can't be there. I flashed on him, Jay. I snapped. I said, I said, bro, you got niggas going here. That's 19. <laughs> <laughs> it was grown ass niggas up at that school. And some of them niggas was dating them little bitches, bro. I ain't gonna lie. It was some grown niggas with mustaches and full gold teeth. Driving BMWs. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you got niggas going here that's 19. He said, I know hey, up, there Lincoln, up there in Lincoln Park and hugged up with a 16-year-old. <laughs> he said, Barry, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so what excuse you go get for him? He dropped his name. I ain't even gonna say his name. He said, "I know who you're talking about. You're talking about such and such, and he could be here till he's 21 if he wants to. He's in special ed." (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was gonna say that. I was kidding. I knew it was gonna come out. I was about to say it when he's a special ed student. I, just, uh, I didn't bro. even expect that because that was my homie. I just sat back in my chair. Don't judge. <laughs> nigga instantly told that nigga don't judge me. <laughs> you got me twisted. He can stay here at 21, but I gotta leave at 18. But I gotta leave right now. <laughs> Not even not I, like I can't even wait till the nah, end it of ain't the even week. up for it ain't even up it's, for discussion. You gotta go for discussion, homie. This came across my deck. I love you, <laughs> but you gotta do you can't stay here, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, you and ain't I, a student no more, you a guest, you a grown man. And if I catch you on the premises, it's like I bro, I didn't know what to do with that. You feel me? So um, so I left the bro, school. As soon as we linked up, bro, they kicked you out. <laughs> they kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I see you, that nigga had some papers in his hand. That nigga was on his way out. <laughs> that nigga didn't last no time sooner. They didn't even let us get a good run in. <laughs> They let me know you was going there. You was leaving. Yeah, we let you in and let this nigga go. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. <laughs> you can't have them both. 
But I'm, can't have I'm them both. It was too late. So I start going to uh, John Adams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that, you know what I'm saying? That was a whole nother experience. Me and you, we had a couple rides with Cal. Shout out to Calvin. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, shout out to Cal, man. That nigga was putting the nigga on the rise up there. And he was sliding with his with the rise nigga. and that Saturn, boy. That Saturn was pushing miles. Oh, yeah, miles. Man. man, definitely. Niggas was running up the miles for sure. And so... Jay, so I had a whole experience, and we talk, we're going to talk about this on another podcast. Okay. Where I interviewed Alvin, and uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, what led up to 1998. Um, I left in 1997, uh, high school, January of 1997. Ended up going to college down south in Tennessee around uh, uh, January of 98. Um, and or no, January, yeah, January of 98. When I came back home, um, you and I linked up, and Alv linked up when I came back home in November of 98. I came back home early, uh, and there's a whole, there's a whole, oh my god, we're gonna have to do a series on Knoxville, um, but. When I came home in November, I'm in my Cadillac. Alvin is riding shotgun. And we see you and Cal rolling in the Saturn. I don't, I can't remember where we were. Do you remember where we were? We was coming down third. We was coming down. Oh, that's right. I think we was by the all-night market, right? Nah, we was down by Newcomb, and we was passing. We was coming um, right at 3rd and Oakdale. That's where I seen you right by the record shop. So, it it was. It was. Ching, ching. (laughs) So, listen, y'all. I haven't seen Jay in a minute. I haven't seen Jay in a minute. I've been in and out the state. I've been doing things. I've been pulling. Listen, it life from it got real after I left high school, fam. So I haven't seen Jay in a minute. Now I'm 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 19. I'm in my Cadillac and I see Jay. Uh no, I'm 18. I'm 18. I see Jay. I'm with my cousin. And Jay is with Cal. Jay, what happened? I don't know who looked. I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was y'all. Somebody spotted somebody, and the reunion began. You feel me? It was lit from that moment on, for real. From the moment we spotted each other and got out the car, and to be honest, I'm, hey, I, this sound like some cold shit. I hope Cal able even hear this shit. <laughs> I gotta send him the podcast. I love that nigga to death. That's bro. That's my brother. That nigga know how we get him. We really live like that for real. To make a long story short, when we reconnected, I hopped out the car with Cal and hopped in the car with them. I ain't even trying to be weird, bro. We got it going instantly. It that was the beginning of that shit for real. We got it going again for real. We live for real. We all together at one time. Uh, let's go. It's hey, go time now. It's it go was, time. It, it, Jay jumped out the car. Jay was riding shotgun. 
Jay jumped out the car, jumped in the back seat of the caddy. We dipped out, and that was the beginning of I don't even know what the fuck because it was up because we weren't even starting the beginning of what the like I had just touched down like this is like within 24 hours of me coming back home early y'all come across Jay in traffic he jumps in the caddy and this is evening it's like early early evening or something like this this is like right when the shit like right when we getting into some shit and uh it it kicked off what was i'd say about a good 2 years of uh a growing up real fast like real fast what 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 would you explain what what could you describe that time period as jay mm. <clears throat> it was different honestly it was different i was like you feel me it was like, you know, we was coming of age. We was figuring shit out then. Like, we was a little older then. Now, it's new experiences is coming forth. Like, you feel me? We doing shit that the average person wouldn't even try. Like, we, Give we doing different shit. Like, you feel me? I'm living an adult life as a youngster, for real. And I'm just, like, not trying to glorify anything that happened or, you know, trying to boast about it or anything of that nature. It was just a time in, in our lives that had us doing what we was doing. You feel me? We made these decisions based on us being young and it was the timing of certain shit. You feel me? Mm. I wasn't just sitting here lollygagging, fucking around. We wasn't on no follower shit. We was leaders. You feel me? We had heart. You feel me? Doing the shit we was doing. You wouldn't have did it. You feel me? I'm going to just say that much. You wouldn't have tried that shit. Nigga wouldn't have even went there. You wouldn't even thought about doing that. We was stamping shit. We was sliding. We was... Bruh, it was a lot of people we was coming in contact with, for real. Like, women would be in the picture, you feel me? And I was with somebody at the time. It was plenty of women trying to get a hold oh of us. Oh, my gosh. Jay had it. Trying to, trying to, you feel me? I'm like, it wasn't even cool, though. I didn't glorify that shit, though. I didn't really like none of that shit, for real, to be honest. I was in the moment with it. I didn't like it, for real. I was in the moment, for real. Women was, like, weird, for real. They was doing too much, for real. Like, And me as a young man, I was doing too much on my own without them. You feel me? The shit I was doing with them, we was drinking. We was hanging. We was all over everybody's city. We didn't give a fuck where you was at. We was pulling up. We was coming. Everything that uh, that was done in the movie, anything that was done in the song, anything that was done in the video or um, had been written or uh, uh, pulled up as a legendary whatever we trumped that times 10 and 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 it was a lot we were very lost i'm gonna say this as young men that were um we had role models in front of us but it was it was a great time to be young um it was a great time to fuck up because we had every uh, liberty in the world 
to do anything we wanted to do. And it would be fun. Whether it was uh, being in a relationship, you could be in a relationship and it would be the coolest shit in the world. At that, you know what I'm saying? Cause that, it was ooh. cool. Cause yeah, niggas was dating. Like, you feel me? They was dating at that time. So it was cool. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter who, you feel me, who had a significant other at the time. It was cool. You can date who you date, but we were still hanging out, just running around, though, like, terrorizing right. either way. Either way. If, if you was the type of dude that just uh, went to work all the time and just would kick it sometimes, that was cool because you were still doing what you needed to do, but you, were ha- you, know, you could have your fun at the same time. Now, here's the thing, though there were not a lot of people doing it on the level that we were doing it on, which meant you had to be mobile. You had to have money. You had to have a place or get a room. You had to be able to function in different uh, environments in different parts of the Bay. You had to have respect enough to where you could go somewhere and not be from there and not get fucked with, um, which was, that was us. Like we could go anywhere we wanted to and get it cracking at any time. And if we ran out of money, we would make some your ass. <laughs> Stamp your shit. And, and, and I don't and, know what I'm talking about. What did I just say? You got to figure that out. That's something for you to figure out. When I say stamp your ass, that, that can mean anything. You feel me? That can mean anything. I could have called a, a, a girl and been like, me get $10. Listen, man, I, I, I never forget that one time um, that we had went out and uh, we had bought food for all of our households, right? And I think uh, I talked to you like late that next morning or whatever. And you was like, blood, you, you said something like my mom was asking me where all this fucking food came from. Because <laughs> 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 I think when we dropped you off, you had hella Safeway bags <laughs> going in the house. I'm and hella I'm- bad, nigga. We really went cold shopping. <laughs> oh, shit. You just like, blah, yeah, we about to have fajitas. <laughs> when the fuck did you buy all of that shit? Like, I'm, I'm buying microwave shit. Jay is buying steaks and shit for the thing. But it was like one of those things where like being, I think, um, um, again, man, like I didn't know that I was, uh, I was traumatizing myself at the time, Jay, because I think of like a few years later, bro, when I'm in uh, Indiana going to college and I got my first apartment, I can't sleep. I can't sleep in my bedroom because it feels like somebody's going to come through the door at any minute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't feel safe. Um, not even in a dorm sometimes I didn't feel so I would sleep it, like in, even in my dorm room bro I'm on a college campus even on a, in, at D1 University and I'm sleeping in the living room of the dorm on the couch because I don't feel safe sleeping in the bedroom <clears throat> you know what I'm saying 
You didn't know if somebody was going to come through that dope. You in a different state, too. You don't know nobody from there. Like, this ain't like living in the in the hood or living in, in the Bay Area, being around that type of shit. This is a little different. You don't know nobody around that motherfucker. They could have ran in that thing at any given time, on any given situation, on any given night. Also, I think it was a guilt. So what happened um, with my first apartment, like, it, this is maybe like five five months into it or some shit like that. Um, I got robbed, right? I went to I went to go help my boy. Shout out to my boy Dante. Went to go help his girl move and come back a few hours later and my door was unlocked. I walk oh. in my, my crib and I'm like looking around. What the fuck? You know how you check everything, check on the closets and everything. You make sure, you know, ain't nobody in your shit. Check everything is everything. Lock everything up. I'm laying there on the couch. I fall asleep. Um, wake up. I'm like, man, let me watch Godfather real quick. You know, your boy. And I go to put something in, a DVD in, and I notice all my DVDs are gone. My PlayStation is there, but all my games are gone. Right? Wow. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, so... So so I, I get I get robbed and I felt better. Ain't that some weird shit? Like I felt better. Damn. Like I felt more like oh I could relax a little bit now. Like mm. like just it it was weird as fuck, but I think it came from all of them times that I had saying like like jacking somebody and taking a shit or doing a home invasion. It's like when 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 you do shit like that. It's you like karma. Karma come back in different ways, bro. Things karma. get in different ways, bro. Karma. You know what I'm saying? You get spanked in different ways. Karma definitely come back in other ways, bro. Did you ever feel like uh, you had to make right on some of the shit that you were a part of? What? I definitely did a thousand good deeds after all that <laughs> shit. I did. For real, I had no choice but to pay it for it. <laughs> oh man, give it back, get it back, and give it back. That's exactly what I've been having to do for real for a long time, for real. Like just to make sure everything was right, like with self and people around me, for real. Yeah, because you you're you're a father, you're a father now, and, and crazy. And, and and so before before you became a father, man, like like. All right, let's, let's first of all let's rewind it back a little bit. Like we were saying, when we ran into Jay back in 1998, Jay was in a relationship. <laughs> Jay was in a relationship. Listen, uh, I'm a I'm and how did that nigga let me just say what he want to say for that? And them niggas stole me from my girlfriend, bro. They almost got me dumped, bro. Jay, how old were you at the time? I was like 16, bro, 17, bro. They stole me from my girlfriend, bro. I didn't even know her damn near for real. Sad to say, for real. I loved her to death at the time, for real. I didn't even know that girl. I know they stole me, for real. I was gone all the time. Let me tell you right it now. It was up. We was having fun, though. Just so Jay. she know he was having fun. That's <laughs> it. I was getting to it. I was busy, for real. Not like that, but I was busy, though. I was trying to make that shit happen, for real. She trying to figure it out. She practically lived with Jay. She practically lived with him. I was tripping, bro. Like, I was young, for real. Like, when you young, you just moving. You just I moving. Was, 
I think our thing at the time was like, come on, Jay, you too young to be like. <laughs> I was like, to be in a, in a, but, but let's put this into perspective, Jay, now that we're older, right? Right. She was a good woman at that age, right? Would, would you say that? Yeah, she was solid. She was on a nigga down. The, not, not just you. She was like really there for for the whole squad. Like she was, you know what I'm saying. She was like, mom. She was like holding it. She she's she's the daughter. You know what she, I'm saying. Mom's calls her the daughter. She's she's family. Yeah, she definitely was holding it down at that time. Like she got credit at that time. Like for like you feel me being there. You feel me. And she's young too, right? Well, how mm-hmm. how old was she? She was probably ooh, a little older than me, not, not that a few months older than me. Probably like our age, like what, 18, 19, something like yeah, that? She was only a couple months older than me. Oh, a couple months older than you? Yeah, that's it. And she had a job. She was <laughs> she working, had, she was doing her thing. Finn, she had a real ass job. First of she all, was doing, she was doing her thing. She was working there and going to school, she was selling business. At, at, at that young age, and so yeah, we—I I, I knew I was dating for real. I didn't like women that was like bums for real. I don't like bum ass bitches for real. Like she wasn't never one for real ever. She ain't had none of the moments. So I respected her. Now we—I brought this up on another podcast, right, Jay? Um, I was talking about how some of the music that we listened to, uh, that we listened to. Um, it would groom us or show us how to be with women um, or how to be in a relationship. And uh, one of the, some of the uh, uh, things that we used to hear would be like things like uh, Mac a hoe, crack a hoe or breaker pockets, that kind of shit, that kind of thing. At that young age, would you say that you were prepared to deal with someone a woman that was, or a girl, because y'all are young, y'all are kids. Let's just call it what it is. Would you say that you were prepared to deal with a girl in a serious relationship at that age that knew what she wanted in life? Honestly, yeah, I loved her. The thing is, I was still young. Like, I was still trying to find myself and figure out shit with me for real. That was the like, bad part like I knew what I wanted to do but I was like stuck on how how to get there like mm. you know it's like you living in this environment you know it's a lot of shit going on different things different factors mm. I just I don't know like I would have did way and, better and this wasn't I would have I did way better with her like if I probably wasn't in that environment honestly like and this wasn't like uh what what um, what like media portrays a lot of you black youth to be like they got a baby between them and all of this and that. There's no kid. There's no um, uh, no abuse going on. No drugs. No nothing like that. This is just black love. This is just young love, right? Well, he was chilling, bro. Like that's it, bro. He was chilling. And on the one side, you have. Um, you have uh, home life and 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 a young, and young love right there at the crib, 
and somebody, you know, saying, hey, let's work on this or build on or whatever was going on. On the other side, you got your homies calling you and the streets calling you. What what decisions are you making at this time? My way, I was making bad calls for real. Like, to be honest, bro, oh, shit. This might sound hella trifling, like, for real, some other shit for real, like, and I'm going to have to tap in with this person to hear this shit for real, like, who? I would tap in with her to get a few dollars for real so I can go do some fucked up shit, like, and I ain't even talking about going to cheat or nothing like that. I'm talking about need some gas money real quick to get somebody <laughs> real quick because you feel me. I need to, you feel me? We got something to bounce out real quick. You feel me? We had to bust a play for real. You feel me? I actually <laughs> keep the car running, to be honest with you, because the dub wasn't going to be a 21 cut did for real. So I'm kind of embarrassed to say that right now. <laughs> I'm only laughing because... <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say that right now, but I'm being truthful. It wasn't even to go cheat on you, girl. It was to go fucking get some other money for real somewhere else. <laughs> Shaking my head, bro. God. Yeah, Shaking man. My I head. mean... But again, being 17, 18, at 19 at the time, um, if you're going to be any age doing some fuckboy shit, it should be that age. <laughs> it should not be at 29, 39, 49, 59, and all of that. Let it be at the 1-9, and then that's, 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 the, that's the last time. You know what I'm saying? Because Again, we we we're following. Um, we have options at this time. Being eighteen, nineteen, we have options. Um, but choosing to live a fast life and choosing to be out in the streets, there was just something more alluring about that shit. Um, something more attractive about it. Um, finding- I think it was the the fact that we was outside so much. The fact that we could move around and do what we wanted to. And we just like had our chest out and we were still young with our nose and nose up around the air. Like, you feel me? That's what right. it really came down to. Like I got around y'all, you feel me? And I'm just like chilling. Like, you feel me? I can be myself. I'm quiet. I'm cooling. You feel me? I can turn up when I want to, you know what I'm saying? I'm chilling. You feel me? I, I like way I had my chest out. You feel me? What was, uh, <laughs> What was what was uh, your first rock bottom? Oh, and what sense? And, and, and what time frame? What time period? What time zone are we talking about? Like right around that uh, becoming a man phase. That that uh, either you gonna get a job or go to school age. <laughs> oh, that turning like, point. That turning point. Probably. probably oh, that turning point probably was bro when. Grandmother passed for real, like mm. for real, for real. Like when we left Newhall, I moved to Latona Street. That was like the the turning point for real. That was like where all the changes start happening. That's when you lose your girlfriend and shit. And you when you you go struggle and you by yourself now. Just you feel me? And it's it's different elements that come to this shit now. Now it's like 
<clears throat> do you go run and get a job real quick? Like, because my situation changed and I wasn't no longer living this happy life and I had other people there to help me and aid me. I'm a young man now and I gotta figure it out. So now I done went from living here and now I'm like down there on the streets now. Homeless. Mm. So now it comes to like some like I don't have a job. I gotta look for a job type shit and it's going to take time, a little bit of time to find a job, and I got to wait to get paid, and I got to make a decision now. Like, I don't have that type of time, for real. Like, I ain't trying to sleep on the streets. So, <clears throat> that was the time I, I made some weird choices in store. You feel me? Acting like I ran shit in my neighborhood. That's really what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you got an idea of what that means, when you say you run shit in the hood for real, if they, they know who you is, then you feel me? You know it. We you know what I mean by that for real. I have to start living that type of life, and uh, you know, I didn't really like that shit, but it was addictive for real. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, knew everybody in the neighborhood that had it for real, and they would bring it. I would make plenty of money for real doing that shit, but I didn't really like the lifestyle I was living. <clears throat> Why not? I, a lot came with that shit for real. Like you got haters, you got you feel me? People that want what you got, people trying to send the police at you. It's all type of weird ass shit that came with that shit. You know what I'm saying? You got your like people close to you and shit, right? Like people you close to, people you don't know, motherfuckers sending the police at me left and right, for real, I'm getting harassed, getting jacked by police all the time, they know my motherfucking name, they know what the fuck I'm doing, they know too much information, I'm like, nigga, like, I don't even got a cell phone at that time, like, who the fuck <laughs> telling y'all <all> this shit? <laughs> you feel me? We wasn't even metro down or no nothing. You feel me? We had no no iPhone, nothing back then. Like, I wasn't like 2000. How the fuck did you get a picture of my cereal box? The niggas, niggas telling me, man, they coming back to me telling me everything I'm doing for real. Like, yeah, you're this, you're that, you're doing this, and you're I'm like, man. I guess so. I end up catching a couple cases. You show me some back-to-back cases for the lifestyle I was living. And at that time, like I said, I was doing what I was doing because my back was against the wall. I ain't have shit for real. Like this big ass family I had like disappeared. Everybody spread it out. Everybody was gone. And when I really needed a lot of my family, I wasn't able to reach out. They was all spread it out. They couldn't really do too much helping me at that time. And I wasn't the type to really reach out and ask for hella help either, for real. It was like sticking it out. I was toughing it in, being tough and just roughing it out myself. I was grinding that shit out every day, every night by myself. Like, fuck it. I had Herb there. You know, Blaine was there. You feel me? Sticks, he was around at that time. You feel me? And it was times I was there to the neck doing my thing. Like, a few holidays, that shit was rough. Like, I remember Thanksgiving, I was outside by myself in the hood, for real. And I was outside running it up all day, for real. I was running it in, for real. But it made me feel hella bad, for real. Like, you feel me? Like, damn, I'm supposed to be at home. Like, with my family, like everybody else, why the fuck am I outside doing this? Hmm. 
my life is different for real. Like everybody talk about family, this I'll be with the family and I've been with the family too, but it's been times I ain't been with nobody for real, like alone in a motherfucker for real. Like that shit don't feel good, bro. I was like outside though, like Christmas day. Like that shit phony for real. A lot, a lot of times we hear about, um, about that life and, it's made to seem like it's uh, like it's noble, you know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, one of those things that I had to I had to live it like this, and it was it was like this. I had fiends coming, not you know, nonstop, and it was that. And then there was a fall, you know what I'm saying? There was a fall from grace or something like that. Did you ever see not just with your story, but did you ever see coming up? Um, People fall from grace like that, that, that rock star, that celebrity, that hood star. And then later on, they not. It's like you might see him with a green vest on or something. No, not to the green vest or the orange vest or the whatever, the bus ride, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that person ain't doing what they was doing before. You know what I'm saying? Did you ever see that growing up? I've seen a lot of that growing up. Like I've seen a lot of homies transition to that. Like, you know, like a lot of them, like lead a game and go to that, like, and some, some did it, uh, excuse me, some did it successfully and some did it and failed for real. Some passed away for real, like was murdered at their job sites, like with they shit on, like murdered mm. leaving their job with that shit on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it can go either way, either you can be successful in it or you can like, you know, succumb to your injuries. It's up to you. You feel me? It's how you move for real. Don't think just because you go get that green vest, nigga, you change your life that you still ain't got them old problems. You do. That shit follow you. That shit will catch up to you. A lot of them had that green vest on, for real, and a lot of them died with that shit on. So don't think the green vest changed anything. You ain't exempt from shit, for real. You still target even with that vest on, bro. They smoke your ass at work and smoke you when you getting off work too. Mm. I done seen it happen for real. I done be feel me. I got a few friends that then left this motherfucker like that. Oh, he was at work. He was leaving work and yeah, right. he was fucking with them niggas too. And look how he died for real, nigga. It don't even matter. That, that doesn't matter. That don't hold no weight for real. If somebody wants you dead, you can die any given no any given moment. The streets don't let you forget shit. Nah, they was waiting on you. Definitely didn't forget. The streets don't let you forget shit. But everybody uh, that is playing with the streets, like it's a game. The, the streets don't let you forget shit. And and karma is. Not a bitch. Karma is not a bitch. Karma is very fair. Karma is one of those people that you want to stay on the good side of. And and if you're in the streets, just know that everything has a comeuppance. Everything has a, a turnaround. You know what I'm saying? You can't be out there thinking that you're doing good because you're feeding your family. Because if it's... I mean, let, let me put it like this. For every give there's a take and for every take there's a give so if you're out there taking but you're not giving back in some kind of way then you're not making it equal 
You're not you're not balancing anything. So at some point, everybody that's been in the street is going to come back and give back in some kind of way. If not, then they got robbed or the streets robbed them, I should say. Or the streets got, they got what they they got what was coming. They, they had to pay. They got they that that got taken. <laughs> yeah, let's put it to you like put it to you like this, man. If you've been in the streets, man, and the streets then watched over you or then put you on and been cool to you, you got to give back to that you shit. Even if, you didn't, even if you didn't have some flaws and some downtime with that shit, you still got to pull up to the hood and pay homage for real. And you feel me? Show your respect and still come give back for real. Like, man, I remember I was fucked up. I was doing stupid shit over here. I was selling dope over here. I was running this block. I was doing this. I was doing that. Come do something good for the community, all right? If you was doing all that, what you going to do in return, though, to make up for that shit? Mm. Are you going to double back to your community or where you fucked up at? What you going to do? You going to come back? Is you going to have a story to tell or what? Cause I definitely got one. I done pulled up to my neighborhood a hell of times and went and did shit for everybody, for real, for hella different people. Like, I ain't forget what the, where the fuck I came from. I ain't forget what the fuck I did either for I made sure to pull up and make that shit right. You feel me? Period. What where when was you what was your turning point, Jay? Well, like what at, at what point were you like, man, I all right, I'm I'm good. I gotta I I gotta change directions. After I went to jail for that last stint for real, when, <clears throat> man, I ain't going to get too deep into the details of it. You feel me? Let's put it like this. I had a $3 million bill. It was high as fuck. I was fighting a serious ass case. And, <clears throat> you know, I was always innocent, like from the rip. But to make a long story short, I had to stand on what happened. You feel me? Regardless of what happened, I had to stand on what happened. And since that time, the outcome has changed. I've done a lot for real. I've been able to, you know, get myself together and just live my life, you feel me, and do what I need to do every day. I'm happy. I'm cool. I ain't living that weird old-ass life no more. I ain't tripping off none of it. I put it behind me a long time ago. I put paid my debt to society. I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, you feel me? Shout out to everybody. You feel me from the past? You feel me? That had some problems for real. You gotta keep going for real. You gotta mash sometimes. You feel me? They ain't gonna give you shit. You gotta put your foot forward though and go get it. Facts. Facts. And 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 coming out of that, did you have is it like you were just <clears throat> a hell of support, like Let's put it to you like this. At that time, um, like, my child was, like, on his way into the world when I went to jail. I missed, like, his birth. And that was really fucked up for me. That was, like, something I still think about and feel to this day. But um, how can I put it? I, I can say after all that shit happened, I came out okay, you feel me? Like, my son, he's okay, you feel me? I'm thankful for the people that was there for me, though. Number one, for real, like, I'm just grateful to them, for real. Like, I'm forever in debt, too, to them people, too. Like, 
No, what can I say? You feel me? I'm just thankful for real. Like, I'm here, you know? Here, I'm on borrowed time. Like, I'm supposed to be forgot about. Like, literally. I ain't no different from nobody else. You can shout them out if you want to, fam. Nah, you know, everybody, you feel me? They know who they is. My whole motherfucking family, you feel me? Everybody played their part, and you feel me? They all rock with me, you feel me? It'll be a long list. I can't even go through that list, but you feel me? Like, all the coming to court, all the coming to visit, all the letters, all the making phone calls, all the money that was put up, all the time and sweat and tears from my whole fucking family, for real, that they put into me. It's just... I'm forever in debt, for real, to them people, for real. They know what the fuck going on, for real. I'm always available for a phone call or anything else. Like, they can call me for anything at any given time. Everybody that was there for me. Like, it's too many people to list. Like, I mean, everybody that did anything for me, they know what the fuck going on. Y'all gonna hear this one day. I'm here. Like, I'm a phone call away, and y'all know this shit. It's always been a favor for a favor. No scorekeeping. Call me when you need me. I'm here. Period. Thanks. Now, Jay, so after you come off of this this case that you beat, you beat the case, you... What did you go into, what, photography or videography? What, What was it that you went into right after that? Uh, you know, we started with um, started with Photoshop. Honestly, no, we started with Fruity Loops. Honestly, we started with music. We started with Fruity Loops. My partner, Tap In producer, you feel me? Y'all grew up with. He um <clears throat> introduced me to Fruity Loops, and uh, he gave me some sound kits. Like I was watching what he was doing. He was making beats, and I was watching him one day. I'm like, what you doing? He's like showing me the sound kits. Like, this tracks a million sound kit. And I'm like, oh, tracks a million. A producer from San Jose. Rest in peace. Rest, Rest in peace. Tracks a million. For real. Shout out San Jose for real. Rest real in peace. Time. Legendary. And that, yeah, that was a, yeah. Top of the top for real. Like, shout out to tracks a million. Real San Jose Shark for real. But he was teaching me on the FL for real. Like, so I'm playing with the sound kids. I'm learning little stuff. Like, I'm still learning. I don't know how to count beats and nothing like that. And he pull up the other computer. He playing with Photoshop as well. I'm asking what's that? He like, it's Photoshop. So I'm looking at both at the same time. I kind of get more interested in Photoshop. So I could put the beats on hold for a second. Go to Photoshop. I start making album covers. Mm. start making album covers the next thing you know like uh start playing with a little bit of like calendars and start doing little pictures and flyers and different little things and i'm making cartoon photos and i'm restoring photos and i made a um a MySpace page and MySpace. <laughs> yeah, we made a MySpace yeah. page. Like you I had, did. You had to know a little bit about coding to do MySpace. Uh, Pretty things, much, right? yeah. <laughs> like, it was it was some different times. I was interested in the computer at that time, but I learned a lot though. Like Thanks. a lot of Photoshop shit, and I started to dabble in uh, 
a little bit of video editing and, and film and shit. That shit was cool too. Like it was fun. All of it was fun for real. Like I can honestly say, like the the best thing out of all of it though was just like the album covers. Like first learning how to do Photoshop, that was the best for real. That was like rewarding, fulfilling. Like I would like stay up all night learning that shit. It was who, fun for real. Who were some of the people that you did album covers for? Uh, shit, uh, Brad Ed. Uh, that's my cousin, Young Ed. Shout out, Young Ed. I remember Young Ed. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's cuz. So I did a few covers for him. I did the GS4 cover for him. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, Balling with the Big Boys cover. Uh, yeah, I did a couple for him. I did another cover for him and Pinky also. And then I shot a video uh, for him for a song called Dope. And I did the editing on that shit too. So. Yeah, that's a pretty old song now. It's probably like five years old now, maybe six. Like, I shot that video like five years ago. That was like my first video. Damn. So, yeah. hey, so, so, Jay, at this time, um, you got a son, right? Little right. Jay. What's that yeah. like, man, coming home? And even though you missed the birth of your son, coming home and seeing little version of you. What was that like the first time you saw your son? I was happy as fuck, for real. I was happy. I didn't even know how to be happy. Like, they they fucking stole my moment, for real. But me holding him, me seeing him, like, and getting the chance to hold him, he was woke, like, for the first time. Like, (laughs) no past experience, like, because I seen him when I was incarcerated when I was down. Like, I got a chance to see him twice, but it was like really different when I got a chance to see him when I came home. It was like, damn, that shit was crazy. Being able to interact with him and shit. Yeah, it was a little different for real. Like, sell of the experience for real. Like, I was still young. Like, and just coming home, it was hella different too. Like, how old were you? I was 26. Like, it was different for real. I wasn't the same person when I came home. Like, that took a lot of energy. That case, like, took a lot of time for me, like, and took a lot of energy out of me. It took me a long time, like, to get back to myself, like, and just be me for real. Like, I was walking on eggshells the whole motherfucking time after that shit. After I came home, I was nervous about everything. I was scared they was going to send me back to jail for real. Like, it's like for any little thing for real. So, like, stressful as fuck and it was like a lot of anxiety being a parent too like having him like i don't even feel like i was i was going through too much i I didn't even feel like i got a chance to really enjoy my baby like that like damn like too much anxiety for real i was tripping for real it was too much it was like a lot for real i was like damn i'm not gonna be here to even be with him Mm. like them thoughts was going through my head. That shit was killing me inside for real. Like, I ended up getting through that shit though. Like, you feel me? Like, and me and him, my son, we got a dope ass relationship. He a little bit um, crazy though. He, he damn near be trying to, you know, act like he gonna be the next me. And I'm like, nah, you gonna be the next <laughs> you. <laughs> That's better than me, for real. 
Facts. Like, that's all you need to know, for real, bro. You're going to be the next you, and that's better than me. That's it. That's all I got in store for you. How, how old is he right now? He's 14. He's 14. He up there in age, for real. That little boy in high school, for real. What 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 kind of what kind of what kind of advice uh are because I know you remember being talking about it. What I what what kind of what kind of talks do y'all have right now that um you know like I know it's father to son, but what kind of talks do you have right now that you are making sure that you have with him? You know what I mean? I'm trying to tell him uh Make his own decisions. Don't follow nobody. Like, lead. Don't lead by example. Don't be the follower. Don't be the one quick to move on with somebody else doing. Like, make your own choices. Like, and stand mm-hmm. on them for real. Like, always speak your mind. Like, don't be easily influenced by things. Just don't be so damn gullible. Like, have a backbone got to stand up out here that's what i tell him all the time that's really what i tell him for real like it's to not follow none of these dudes for real and don't be so easily persuaded by these women period like be a thinker use your brain don't sit there and be limited you got a chance and a shot and opportunity to do anything in this world and the world is like right here in your face like you got a chance to take this shit oh if you do it the right way you can have this shit they gonna tell you you can't have it but you can have anything you want if you set your mind to it if you really want it you can get whatever you want out of this shit Mm -hmm. that's really all I tell my kid for real go for it for real shout out to little J too man Shout out to Sun Sun. Shout out to you, kid. Love you, Mo. Love you. Definitely. <laughs> Shout out to Shanti. Uh, I met her before she was even pregnant with Lil J, right? Right. Now, y'all, Jay, I already told y'all, is like a light-skinned Buddha. Jay is like a... <laughs> Ashanti is the opposite. Let's just say this. Ashanti is the opposite. So when I saw Lil J for the first time, he looked like his dad with his mom's color. It's like a dark-skinned Buddha baby. And I'm like, damn, this is weird. You know how you you know two people and then they have a baby and now you know the baby... Damn, that baby looked like both of y'all. Like, naturally, duh. But nah, it's weird. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> His ass looked dead on me when he was first born. That little boy was pink. Was he? Bro, he was pink, bro. That nigga was banana white and pink. Bro, For real. When I bro, saw him, he was he my was... color, bro. Banana white and pink, bro. When I, when I saw him, he was his mama's. <laughs> and he was bro, still, he had pink lips, bro. He was, was like skin, bro, and he looked like me, bro. Like I seen it, bro. That that shit was cold, bro. He look, I I you when you came home, that's when I met him, right? And uh, and I'm looking at the baby, bro, and I'm like, God, <laughs> like this nigga changed colors on me, blood and hours for real. That nigga was light skinned. 
it ain't no way neither one of y'all could ever deny that kid. Like he's coming for he, he, all facial complexion, skin complexion, everything. He's both of y'all equally. So I haven't seen him since he was a baby, Jay. Um, and he's fourteen right now. You've been an everyday part of this boy's life, man. You're giving him something that you didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Just by being there. And to overcome everything that you've overcame to be there. You work hard daily to continue to be there for your son, for your family, for yourself, to show up for yourself every day. Like, I know that shit is not easy. I don't even, my kids are not that old. Like, it, it, it it's, you're showing me something in fatherhood. You're showing me. So, um, for, for, you know, as many times as we talk and you're like, man, y'all show me this. Y'all, Let me tell you that as far when it comes to manhood, that you're showing me something um, by by everything that you've done up until now. So I want to give you your props, bro, right now, because as a man, um, it, it's not always about the older ones for the younger one. Yeah, that's what we expect. But a lot of times us older ones need to look to our younger ones. And even if it's just a year, two, three or four, whatever it is, we need to learn. We need to be open and available, open and um, uh, um, receptive to learning from our brothers that are younger than us. Because a lot of times, like like we were just talking about, you were at a young age and you already had a wife at the house and we we're we're part of the streets and we're calling we're pulling and you're coming to the streets but you got a wife at that like somebody that's like letting you know i'm cooking dinner you need to be home at this time at a young age and we laughing at it but here's yeah, I just thought it was funny but it was real life though it wasn't no you feel me nothing to play with like it was serious a nigga was like really living like that <laughs> and it wasn't no you feel me it wasn't and y'all dissing me y'all was having fun with that shit y'all was always my brothers i didn't really pay it no mind like you feel me it yeah no, no we we were trying to have you back at- <laughs> I, t- I tell you this much though i tell you this much though I, I mean, tell you this much. Shout out to Big. Love. Shout out to man. Oh man, for real. I mean, around him, life changed. Real life was different, though. I, I forgot to even touch on that too. We had to go back into that one. What's that? Man, Eric, for real. Like oh. I came around him and just the bro accepted me, dude. Like for real, the, the stuff we exposed each other to, bro. He thought it was so funny, for real. He was like, little bro, I, I fuck with you, like, for real. <laughs> like, you sick, for real. Like, <laughs> he was feeling how I was moving, for real. I wasn't feeling how I was moving, for real, but he was like, it's good, bro. Like, you straight with me. Like, yeah. Like that. Because, love. He, he, I remember he, uh, I remember he tapped one time. He was like, hey, I can. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that was my nigga for real. That was dog. that was big dog. Rest in peace for real. Like rest that, in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. That one hurt for real. That was big dog for real. And and uh, and that's a real good example, Jay. Because um, and we got to get Alvin on here to go into part two of nineteen ninety eight because 
we're going to talk about uh, Derek and Eric and uh, Delvon and 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 everything that we were doing around that time, um, um, because we were around a lot of legendary people in situations. Rest in peace to to the Jacka. <clears throat> Shout out to my cousin Rob Lowe. There were times where we were with people that like ended up becoming something uh, of a factor, something of a legendary status in in the area and we were just in the scene like a part of the culture at the time and, and they was, think we don't really live like that yeah shout out to cuz though shout out to rob Lowe for real mm-hmm. yeah if y'all don't know who that is that's that's barry and alvin cousin for real and that's the jack of producer for you dummies i don't know that and we we like another thing, man, is like um uh being a part of the court, like uh, that's what I'm saying. Around that time, it was such a good time to be young, um because uh hip hop culture right after Pac died, West Coast West Coast hip hop culture was different things, a lot of different things where it wasn't just uh, music anymore. Now it was movies. It was uh, uh, fashion. It was alcohol. It was um, uh, radio. It was like, a, and we were making moves. So we're going to go into part two of 1998 when we get Alv on here. But Jay, man, again, bro, you've come a long way, fam. And I just want to give you your props one more time, bro. And um, because even after... Uh, we parted ways again. You started working with a lot of the young brothers in the in the in the community that were coming up underneath you, and you were doing you were instrumental in a lot of people's lives. Oh, you know, <clears throat> I had an effect on a few people, just like they had some impact on me. You know, we all impacted each other in so many different ways. Like to be honest with you, it was it's crazy for real. The influence, like you can have over each other when y'all come together. It's crazy. So thank you, fam, because you know what I'm saying? Like, we need brothers like you. We, we, and it's good that we have brothers like you because um, without it, it's, there's gonna, there is a void that needs to be filled. And a lot of times, um, like we did, we fill it with other fatherless kids. Other kids that don't got that leadership, you know what I'm saying. And so we ended up we end up following each other. And if 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 the leadership even amongst the young not solid, then they're gonna be following each other into a grave or into that prison system. And that's what we want to avoid, especially with the Black Man's Heart podcast. So Jay, this is your home away from home, cousin. This is this is where you like come back and I'm gonna have you back like we're gonna be chopping it about a lot of different things a lot of different subjects on a lot of different shows but I want to let you know fan this is your home away from home anytime any day let me know man and we'll get it cracking yeah you know some it's a few things I need to you feel me go over I ain't done yet there's a lot to know for real it's a lot it's a lot more you know you can't get everything out in one conversation you feel me we missed a few things like whoo like you said, we lived on four corners for real. So 
I forgot to tell y'all for real. Like yeah. that same house that Barry had that burnt up. The one across the street, my grandmother's house, it got shot up when I was a kid. What? Yeah, then nobody know that. That's a you know, that's something the one I, I stayed in. The one I stayed in. Damn. That house got shot up. Damn. That yeah. house. When we that was living there, though, it got shot up when we was living there. I was in the house when it happened, for real. What happened? You know, somebody got into it with somebody, and somebody came and did what they did, for real, I guess. You feel me? Oh, at the crib? At the crib. You feel me? And that's what happened. Because that is a big intercept. Like, you know, it, you know, something yeah, they just shot happened. Middle, they shot that middle window out, that big-ass living room window, that front that's window. Ass, that's a big-ass window. That's a bay that window. That's what window, we call bro. a bay window. Bro, they shot that window out, bro. It was a big-ass hole in the wall, bro. Big-ass 12-gauge hole in the wall. Buckshot pellets inside the window and the window frame and all the shit. I woke up with glass and... Big asshole in the wall, hell of glass everywhere, buckshot pellets all over the place. I never felt comfortable in that front window. <laughs> it's it's like too 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 many people can see you. You too open. You too open right there. I never felt comfortable in that in that area. I always stayed by the by the uh by the front door, your grandma room, or uh going downstairs. Mm-hmm. Nah, I ain't I ain't doing it. I'm not in the living room. Yeah, the living room was never, you feel me, my place of <laughs> choice. Hey, Jay, I'm a, hey, I, I love you, fam. Um, love you more, bro. Uh, tell your moms, I said I love her. Give give a big hug to your sisters and to the niece and nephews and, and everybody, bro. Um, uh, thank you for coming on to the show, man, because uh, while we're not glorifying anything, it's like a cautionary like Jay was saying, you know, you got to stand on something, you know, and and if you're not standing on something, you're going to fall for something. You're going to fall big time for something and you might you might not be able to get back up from it. You better, willing, stand for something. you better stand for something. You'll fall for anything. God willing, you're able to get back up from it. You don't want to be in a position where you're knocked on your ass and you don't know which way is up. You don't want to be in that position. So uh, for the brothers out there, for the for the, for the sisters out there, for anybody out, out there listening, we got people, Jay, we got people in Israel. We got uh, in in uh, in the in the Philippines. We got people all over the world listening right now. We got people in Africa listening right now. Shout out to Africa, South Africa right now in the building. Shout out to everybody around the world right now. You know, shout out to everybody for real. Stand on something. Figure out what you're standing on, and 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 build on that. You know what I'm saying. Build with like-minded people, but make sure that whatever you're building on is something that you, and those that you got on shoulders can also stand on because that's your foundation, and you need that foundation. You know what I'm saying. So for all the brothers and for everybody out there from the black man's heart. We're going to see y'all next time. Jay, you want to shout anybody out? Oh, yeah. You know, shout out moms. Shout out, you know, my sisters. Shout out my little brothers. Shout out my nieces and nephews. <clears throat> you know, shout out my whole family, my son as well. 
You feel me? Shout out Granny, shout out Pop, shout out Unc, you know? And definitely, you know, I want to give a few of my loved ones, you know, a shout out, you know? Got to give a few RIPs at the end of this. And I want to start by saying rest in peace to Uncle Junior for sure. Rest in peace, Tita. Rest in peace, Ann. You know what I'm saying? R.I.P. to Lil Yace. Rest in peace to Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to my people. G-Team A.B. G-Team E. Love y'all, man. Rest in peace to y'all, man. I'm out. Thanks. We're going to see y'all next time. Peace.